0: podcast. This is your host James and today I'm sat with Big Mike. How are you doing James? I'm very well thank you. So Big Mike what can we say you are? You are a visionary, a car builder, a celebrity superstar. What else can we say you are? You wear many many hats. I like the first two. That third
1: one I don't necessarily know if I would co-sign for that. Uh, I I appreciate those adjectives. Um, At the heart of it all I'm I'm an automotive enthusiast and that's kind of the uh, the basis for everything but it's just been an honor and a pleasure to evolve to be uh, given the right to be called any of those things so I appreciate it but yeah I mean i I love cars I love the scene and the culture um, and to be uh, to be featured in magazines and and then freelance for the various publications that I uh used to read as a kid growing up all those types of things—it's been—it's been pretty awesome. So, I wear—I do wear a lot of hats. You know, I judge, I build, um, I do talks, um, and just a variety of things throughout the, the culture and the scene.
0: So, so let's just start there, shall we? So we take a large step back, as big a step back as we can, and find out what was it that really kickstarted your interest in like cars and and the automotive industry. We should we say?
1: Well, uh, I'm uh, born and raised in Southern California. And uh, the hub, if you will, especially of the import car culture, is in Southern California. So you have uh, the street racing scene and things like that from way back. So as a kid, I would – I started to hang around – oh, we definitely are going way back. As a a kid, I started hanging around with uh, what you would in retrospect call the wrong crowd. Okay. And uh, in Southern California, um, I think a lot of people – kind of don't even know but the the scene or or the the industry was essentially started by uh, people that were a little bit more than just rough around the edges you know there's a lot of street racing whether they were in crews or gangs there's a lot of people that that's kind of what they were into so as I started hanging around with that quote-unquote wrong crowd they all their older brothers their um, higher-ups in whatever gang or whatnot they were in they all drove what i thought were really cool cars anything from legends integra civics eclipses supras anything like that so the whole import spectrum i started seeing these uh older big brothers or cousins or whoever they were and so i started being drawn to that and um for you know for whatever reason the the Honda shaping, the early 90s Hondas, late 80s, early 90s, 90s Hondas, it kind of stuck with me. And so I started going in that direction and found myself very much attracted to those specific imports, um, Japanese imports. And it just snowballed from there. Um, got my first car summer of 2000 maybe and then started modifying it in whatever way I could afford or my mind allowed me to do. And And what was your first car? 92
0: Civic Si Hatchback. Okay. Yeah. I almost went with a 1990 Civic, but I ended up going with the 1990 Nissan Pulsar. Okay. Okay. Well, well, where were you at the time? That was in uh, Perth in Western Australia.
1: Okay. So... Just because it's from there, it would have looked cool to to us, you know. A pulsar is an acquired taste. You know, it definitely had some interesting shape to it, but I mean, now it would be like an
0: odd cult classic kind well, of thing. The, the one I had was the same age as the uh, Nissan Exa, which they actually sold over here, I believe, it was designed here, I think, in California.
1: Was it? Yeah, interesting. I that didn't know the, that.
0: That was the the two door coupe version just still really weird yeah yeah definitely From my one was the four-door family one point six, fifty six horsepower right
1: a pure pure performance just not an attractive car at all it was <laughs> it got me placed and that's the important thing true true yeah yeah so there it is you know i think uh for the people who've been in the uh the import community um maybe sub specifically the honda community even up to 10 years ago they kind of uh, consider me the, a Prelude guy. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the title yeah. that I've gotten because my my Prelude build made the cover of Honda Tuning in 2008. So even 10 years ago, that's kind of where people who would have entered around that time, that's what they think I am, a Prelude guy. And that's And It's very incorrect for a couple of reasons. But um, the first car was a Civic Hatch. I've had Coupes, uh, CRXs, EF hatchbacks, um, an Accord wagon, Uh, a couple other preludes so it's not um, it's not about being a prelude I've had multiple chassis that's just what I decided to stick with but you pretty much stuck though within the Honda
0: world then kind of thing
1: Uh, for personal builds yes up until um, I mean I have friends who build anything and everything Japanese
0: classic sure, cars, course. 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, I've got friends that try and build and then break anything and everything as well. So it's I a see. different kind of thing. So you've got the friends that are professionals and know how to do it well. I've got the friends that <laughs> think they may be professionals and quite not do, do it well, as well. Well, the
1: word professional is a little bit loose because, uh, I mean, we've all broken things. If you haven't broken anything, you're not working on a car. No, no. So uh, we – you know, we. Are, I break we're... a lot of things. I'm very good at that. <laughs> we, we were all – everyone was young at one point and um, – um, there was a time when we didn't have the internet mm-hmm. and you just took a Chilton or a Haynes or didn't like an idiot and just tried to do it without reading. Yep. And, uh, that's what we did. We broke things or cross threaded something or stripped another thing, uh, or hurt ourselves, knuckles and whatnot, burned and whatnot. The, yeah. The skin gets back eventually. It does. It eventually. does. Um, so it, it was a learning process and I just felt, I felt, um, Inspired, in, you know. In retrospect, I actually am grateful that I grew up without the internet. I mean, I'm the last generation, I believe, that that's gonna really know what life was like prior to the internet. I remember being a kid and them talking about this thing called the ISH, the Information Superhighway and it was going to be this thing that connected the world via telephone lines and we were all like yeah right you know how does that how would that even work i remember that and then it turned into this thing where it existed and you blink your eyes and now you ha- basically have computers that have a phone on them in your pocket not a Super phone computer let oh, yeah, say oh yeah absolutely i mean the world and the history of mankind and mechanics is just in your hands it's just sitting there yeah and um and it's just fascinating. So I grew up in the print era, and I adored magazines. I would run to the, the grocery store as a child and stand in the magazine aisle. My While mo- your mom and dad were shopping. My mother knew that I yep. was going to be right there. And uh, you know, 20, 30, an hour later, she would come over, and I'm reading the likes of Sport Compact Car, Turbo, Super Street, Import Tuner, Honda Tuning, you name it. And, um, and I saw these names of people in there and these cars. And so I, I, I was like, that's the goal. To be featured in one of these magazines. And um, you know, you, you fast forward 15 plus years, and you have some of these people who've, who are obviously older than myself, and they were established in the journalistic side of things. And now they're uh, people I'm personally acquainted with. We have each other's number. I've now stood on stage and worked with them. And these are people whose picture in a thumbnail was in a magazine. Um, The credits to written articles or or editors-in-chief of magazines, they're now people I'm associated with. And I don't ever allow that type of circle of things to become – I don't become jaded. I keep those things in perspective. It is a, a very fascinating and humbling experience to go from just hearing names like Jackson Racing. If you were anyone into cars, if someone had a Jackson Racing supercharger, it was the thing. Still is. And um, and now Oscar Jackson Sr. and Jr. are both personal friends of mine. I sit with them. We laugh and talk. I have meals with them on a
0: very personal level that has nothing to do with cars. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Look, Never. I'd completely agree since coming here and being uh, somewhat I'd consider myself and uh, maybe dipping my little pinky toe in the big thing of automotive culture, but I've got to meet some pretty fun people and hang out with some pretty fun people. And like you said, not just talk about cars, but right. just hang out in general. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's yeah.
1: absolutely amazing. And so uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. You just, you just, you have to keep perspective. You know, like if you don't, you will just become, even inadvertently, kind of, it'll just kind of be like eh, mundane or a regular day. And a regular day is all in your mind. Mm-hmm. what makes it so mundane? It's your perspective. So,
0: And so if we were to sort of elaborate on that now, because obviously you're, as we talked about, alluded to at the start, your many hats that you wear, mm. one of the hats that you've currently got now that you're wearing, and even this t-shirt, and I think literally the hat you're wearing as well, <laughs> is the Think Bigger project.
1: Yes, yes. So
0: could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh,
1: I would be honored to. It is... All right, so we were talking about the internet. In this age of information, where anything and everything is just there, and both good and bad, you have access to technical quality information, knowledge that will build you up and make you uh, an educated human being, all the way to just utter nonsense, just complete nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, Role models, whether they be in the sports or or, or music industry, reality stars, um, just completely ridiculous human beings. And the evolution of the culture is that ridiculousness is rewarded, and attention and fame is the goal. Uh, Fame would have been a byproduct of something that you did before. Now, that's what they're trying to do, is be famous. And it's very odd, because if fame and attention is your goal, you will do whatever you need to to get that. However it evolves, no matter how crazy it may be, that's what you do. Whereas if it's, let's use in the automotive culture, if your goal is to build a well-rounded, beautifully done car, the attention is going to happen. People will see what it is, how well it's built, how fast, how shiny, how organized, how outlandish. Whatever style of car build it is, it will get attention if it's done well and done right. And that's not, that's not what people are doing it for anymore. They're building a car to get attention. They are dressing to get attention. They are behaving to get attention. So the point of all that is is with all the negativity and foolishness um, from the car world out to anything and everything, it just came to a point where I said, I can't complain about that if I don't do something about it. So I decided to do something about it in a more organized fashion. I've always felt that my, my car builds have been Uh, about quality and execution and details. And the magazine editors and chiefs over the last 10 years have agreed. And I've been blessed to make the covers from 08 on, uh, from here to the UK. Um, So I I felt like others were recognizing it. But aside from just leading by example, I I needed to to organize things because I needed to do something about it and not just complain about it. So I created the Think Bigger project at least the title of it and, the, and the, the logos of it to give people the opportunity to have something positive to focus on. A, a, a brand, if you will, an ideology, a movement that's based in positivity and growth versus these, um, these people that if you really, really take the time to look at what they do for the culture, you will inevitably realize that they don't do anything. If you look at these brands, these automotive brands that just pop up, they put a logo on a shirt, sometimes really nice logos, great design work, but you know, they're stealing the Honda H or the word Honda. They're stealing. It's literally it's not even a, a matter of a concept. It's legally stealing. And they brand it, and they sell it. In this age of social media, people don't even think about that. They don't even care what intellectual property is or anything of the sort. People just steal photographers' photos videographers' videos. They just take pieces of everyone's stuff and just redo it. They get enough followers, and they they realize that I can make stickers or, or shirts, and they sell it to people. And they sell and make a very respectable amount of money um, off of full-blown theft. There's no creation of their own content. And so that is just one of many things that just made me realize, okay, you can't complain if you don't do something about it. So I did something about it, there's everything from a YouTube channel to apparel, things that you can wear and be proud of. All the proceeds from the project go back into the project. None of it is meant for profit. Uh, for everyone who doesn't understand the way YouTube works, you have to have millions of recurring uh, views to ever make anything even remotely uh, yes sustainable.
0: And then even then, when you've got millions of subscribers, they can also challenge the algorithm at Correct. any one given time. At and any one given time. And then the views might not quite be as many the next day.
1: Exactly. So it's just one of those things where um you know I think that people they don't even know how to keep up like the the people watching and supporting these companies don't even I don't even know if they realize what they're doing. So I wanted to create the project instead of rooting it on focusing on these companies that are doing quote unquote bad. I wanted to just let's be positive, all right. Think bigger is applicable to anything. How you think is how you conduct business, how you communicate with your loved ones, how you build a car. And so I wanted to provide people the ability to have a, a movement and an ideology and a brand that they can be proud of wearing that will stimulate their thought process. I mean, the hats are literally your thinking cap. The old saying of put your thinking cap on, figure of speech, I need to focus on a problem, I need to solve an issue in my life, let me put my quote-unquote thinking cap on. It's, that's exactly what they are. When you put it on, it's, it's a reminder. When you look in the mirror, it isn't an automotive logo. It's just telling you to think bigger. And that's what it's about. you know. So there's support from the Japan friends, the UK friends, and all over the place. Hence, this particular t-shirt is the UK and US collab. And some of them aren't even about that. It's really just basic, simple, clean, high-quality apparel that, on the apparel side, you feel comfortable wearing and it's applicable to anything. And and that's kind of that side of it. The YouTube channel is there to just provide a reference point for people to be able to, of any age, to be able to to watch and listen and be motivated. I have a podcast that's coming out myself. Just various aspects to, to provide branches for the youth all the way on up, whoever is so inspired to, to listen and read and watch and learn. And so we can all grow together. That's really what the project's all about.
0: And how has the project being received so far?
1: well i think i think when you go against the status quo telling people to read more telling people to think for themselves it's that's not what is popular whether people want to realize it or not so going against the status quo is a very difficult thing and it takes grit and resilience and ideally support from others to to help it grow and it is growing i i do not hold it to some quarterly thing or sales i don't even look at it anywhere near that Okay, for example, uh, I had a vlog come out called – I named it Sneakers or Seattle. Um, I love the Pacific Northwest. We talked about that earlier. I have
0: some people there that I love very dearly. And you are purely there to go for the good weather when you go, right?
1: Yes. So for those of you in here that are like, what is he talking about? I don't know where people get the idea that the Pacific Northwest rains all the time. I've been there multiple times over the last few years. I've had about three consecutive days of seventy degrees seventy two degree crystal clear weather. I've seen rain twice it's gorgeous. I love it so uh I went up there non automotive just to go see people that I love spend time uh one of them that they're you know in Edmonds you know just a very quiet, lovely place. Uh, an, another group of people that I care about, they have a place right on Lake Washington. You go outside the backyard, it's a dock. Serene, you know. So I went up there and uh, I just did a vlog about it. Um, sneakers are Seattle. So I kind of referenced the whole sneaker culture, which I'm a part of. Uh, I, I used to collect a decent amount. But um, I just referenced it and said, you know, if you can buy a pair of sneakers, which are now, you know, a good 180 to $250 Retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not even go into the the resale. The market. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not even go there. It's just retail, and it's horrifically expensive. But my ticket, when I booked it to um, Seattle Airport, was one hundred and ninety dollars. That's not even how much it costs to buy a pair of sneakers on the Nike sneakers app and have it shipped to you. And so I said, you know what, guys? If you can buy a pair of sneakers or a car part or whatever your mind can apply it to, you can buy a plane ticket, you can go someplace and you have this invaluable experience, memories and sights and sounds. And um, so one gentleman who watched the vlog ended up commenting and saying, uh, I am profoundly affected by that. It seems so simple and obvious, but um, you know what, man, I'm not gonna buy, I've been saving up to buy X, Y, and Z part for my car. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm going to uh, take my girlfriend on a vacation. And they, what they did was – so someone watching a video or reading a page in a book or a commercial or something and having it affect them is one thing. Having them apply whatever they have learned in that moment is a second thing. But not only did he end up taking a vacation with his girlfriend, he took it so that he could be in the same place as where I was going to be for an event. So he could tell me this story I'm telling you in person. So he took the vacation, put aside the car, took the vacation, used it to propose to his girlfriend. So he tells me this story and introduces me to the girlfriend, now fiancé. And he said, and it is 100% based on my watching that vlog. Two minutes and 46 seconds, and it changed his life. Uh, that is the most profound level of success I could ever ask for, albeit one person. So I don't measure it in how many t-shirts I've sold or how many views I've gotten. I measure it on the positive effect it has on a person or people. And in that regard, uh, I'm very happy to see its growth um because it's a mindset. It's not a shirt. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that. Yeah. Pun intended. So, um, I like it. thank you. So, that's kind of what it is. So, uh, you know, uh, perhaps a lengthier answer than you were going to. No, for I it. always look for the lengthier answers. Here. But uh-huh. that, yeah, I am happy. Thank you for asking. It's a beautiful thing. And as I travel more, I start to experience these people in person. And they want to know what it's about. They want to um, wear something from it. They want to be a part of that. And so, if people can follow these cartoon character of human beings and and wear these brands that are just the 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 most terrible quality t-shirt and the worst logo ever but people just want to be a part of it even subconsciously Mm -hmm. they want to be a part of something and so i wanted to give uh people something positive to be a part of from a person who who actually cares about the culture and gives back to it and that's the premise of the think bigger
0: project sure and then speaking of that obviously you yourself do a bit of traveling for work. You travel at certain different events, and that does yeah. take you like not just across here, across the U.S., but also across the globe. Yes. So, how does it? Obviously, you get people that talk to you about it. How is it also being received in those other countries? And you, you've done some collaboration with, or uh, where it's been re- uh, found out, or you've someone's talked to you about it.
1: Well, you know, the internet, the power of the internet. Someone across the globe can see a blog or a vlog or you know event coverage and feel just as much a part of it as someone who was there or one city over. So in that regard, there's that common ground. And for the people that have been around um, for a fair amount of time, um, by their own words, I'm sort of a staple. Um, The name and and, or the car or cars that I've built are just sort of staples that they've grown up uh, watching or or, or seeing or listening to and whatnot. So um, there's that uh, resume, if you will, um, that has given me the credibility to be taken seriously from from people, regardless of geo- geographic location. So when I go to another city or state or country, the uh, response is, it's very um, surprising, even with everything I just said. Be- well, that's because I work on staying um, humble and, and not allowing myself to be jaded at all. But it, the response has been great. I just came back from the United Kingdom. I work with a, a gentleman who throws four different events there and um the response there is amazing. I mean any time another grown man wants to take a picture with another grown man, there's a certain That's not family. That's not family. Exactly. Um or it, maybe a high school buddy. Yeah, yeah. Those people, they're not your friends. They just they're just there. Um but it is You have to take it into consideration that it's a grown man who's Mm. putting aside his pride or doesn't even view it as putting aside his pride. He simply wants to take a photo with you. That's a very humbling thing. certainly is. So um, whether the next-door neighbor who we've never conversed but then they see me on TV to a person across the the US or the world uh, wanting to talk to me about it, purchase something – uh, listen to me, ask me a question, anything like that. I mean, it's all extremely humbling. And uh, it was it received very well uh, in the UK at the event that I just did, MIMS Honda Day, which is the, the UK's largest Honda performance event. And so the people there were great, and um, it's growing there uh, in the sense of, of the mindset of people, I think.
0: More importantly, like
1: for me in particular, yes. how was the weather in your trip to England this Fantastic. time? Fantastic. See? Fantastic. I... I think it drizzled for about seven seconds uh, at the event,
0: and then there was intermittent clouds. And that was just to give the photographers those little water mm-hmm. bubbles in the cars for a few photos, right, to and break if, it up. And if they had
1: waxed the car, it made yeah. each car look fantastic. Uh, it, it, I mean, it drizzled for like seven seconds. I'm not even exaggerating. There were clouds, and the rest of the time was 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Fantastic. Gorgeous weather. All I was there for a week. Gorgeous weather for 6.9 of the 7 days. Just fantastic. I don't know what people are talking about.
0: Yeah, it's just you you just bring the good weather everywhere you go, like it seems. <laughs> we are just going to keep traveling with you. <laughs>
1: you know, what? I've been blessed from the Pacific Northwest to the UK, very commonly
0: known as as being overcast and rainy. Have I wouldn't not... say that at all. I always <laughs> say like you, every day I've ever spent in England, 75 degrees, <laughs> sunny every day. It was it was honestly, it was gorgeous. I I just, I loved
1: it. I loved it. The reception, the relationship I have with the gentleman who throws the events is now very much a friendship. So that in and of itself is a beautiful thing. The weather, the food, the
0: culture, um, the accent, high tea. I love it. I love it all. I love the UK. So tell me how much you've embraced high tea because I've got someone in particular that listens to the podcast, Grace. Okay. That enjoys high tea. Hi, Grace. Uh, so it's a, a thing
1: that I've just known about you know it's high tea the uh, the the english have always been this extremely mannered traditional very regimented you know royal hierarchy in history if you know about it at all um so high tea it's this bourgeois kind of thing but uh you know you uh you just sit there and you know pinkies up which as i've read apparently um you did not actually raise your pinky when you were a member of bourgeois society, but I've kind of dismissed that and the pinky stays up. And uh, and you just – it was a thing where it's I – It's only when you ask the small cups. That's where you're to get the pinky I see. Up, I see because you can't even use all five fingers. Yeah. I see. So you know what? I, my friends, same thing. You know, anytime mm-hmm. you're local, those types of things are just completely brushed over. And so my friend, he was just like, I, I think I've had high tea once. You know, when I was a kid, and then when I mentioned wanting to go to Stonehenge, he was—he said the same thing. I think I maybe went on a field trip, but other than that, I've never been, or his fiance never been. So, um, high tea's become this thing where it is now absolute tradition. The minute I get there, we go to London. Well, we we'll book it if it if it needs to be booked, and we just we just sit there. And they don't they they loved it so much that. It became a tradition, but they didn't go for a year until I came back, and we went. Oh. We went again, and it's it's this thing where um we That's just sit, fun. yeah, we just sit and spend entirely too much money for a couple Small of fin- sandwiches, a couple finger sandwiches, and, some... and scones, and, and and jam, and and clotted cream, and and butter, All the good stuff. And then yeah. what
0: type of tea will you get then?
1: Uh, well, I mean, so uh high tea we have it at harrods we have our afternoon tea at harrods you know world famous place had to go there and it's now become a thing for us and their tea menus fairly gargantuan so i end up going for more of the subtle stuff um i think the last time uh the last two times it was um it was called silver needle mm-hmm. chinese silver needle very calming very soothing Soothing, regardless of whether it's placebo or not I don't care It's just amazing You enjoyed it, that's yeah, the Yeah, absolutely thing. I mean, you need something to help wash down The extremely calorie-dense scones Of course That you're just slathering with butter
0: How say then jam,
1: of course Right, and then you throw jam on top It's just completely not good for you But uh, it tastes fantastic And you sip some tea And it's just a very calming way To begin the, the time there and uh and it was great i mean i i adore the uk in the sense of the love that's shown the manners the culture and then my friend there who has the event. so all around just like you know just a beautiful part of life to be able to be there
0: and so this is obviously coming around from your the builds that you've done where you've been known as a honda guy or a, a mm-hmm. prelude guy as you mm-hmm.
1: might say that's what many people call me yeah
0: yeah so how has that developed and been able to like push you forward since when you started like doing your own build? What's where's it taken you? And where has it seen or what, what what has it been the development of your, that build of that car and how it's developed you as an individual?
1: Well, I mean, a car and the manner upon which you build it uh, is just like the way you communicate with people, how you treat other people. It's an extension of a part of your personality. Uh, it is uh, a chassis is just a canvas, you know the 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 chassis that you use is is a canvas for you to create your particular piece of art. So whether you're taking a sixty, you know, nine Camaro SS body that you find that's moderately rust free and building a masterpiece with it or simply restoring it to, to be what it was like in sixty nine, or you're taking um, you know, a a seventy three, seventy four, seventy five 260, two forty, two sixty or two eighty z, um, whether you're taking A 90s Honda? It it doesn't matter. Um, It just matters what you're trying to accomplish. And so it's just taken me to a point where the the ideas of what I thought were going to look good, perform well, have a certain presence to them. You can build a car and have everyone around you look at it and just be like, oh, that's pretty nice, and then just keep on going. That's just what it is. If you built it for them, that reaction would break your heart. Uh, but if you did it for yourself, then if people like it or not, it's, it's it's very much secondary. And I'm I feel blessed that all of this time, apparently the scene and the culture has embraced it, and and um, shared with me kind words, and, and you know from the era of print where they made the covers of magazines to to then Sema. So I did one rendition of it and uh, put it up against. The essentially the best cars in the world in the context of SEMA's Battle of the Builders. And um, to be able to build a car that people outside of the Honda world are forced to look at as something more than a Honda was a very profound accomplishment. Because that's one of the ideas for both myself as an automotive, existing in the automotive realm, and the Think Bigger project would be to get people to understand that a Honda... Is just the chassis. Outside of the import world, even within the import world, you have front-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive, force-induction versus all-motor, Nissan and Honda versus et cetera, et cetera. And they have all these subdivisions. Well, all of these subdivisions, all of these different cultures are all thrown into one bubble when it comes to the rest of the automotive world. European-American muscle, they think we're all a bunch of kids that drive shitty Japanese cars that are too low, too wide, too loud, and too slow. It does not matter how much power it makes unless it's maybe a Supra, right? Other than that, it doesn't matter if you drive a front-wheel drive Honda. That might be the most nimble thing at a track day that's killing everything else. To them, they don't even give it the chance, and I don't really blame them. The the rest of the automotive community's exposure to the Japanese car culture is Hollywood's Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. How, unless they are around it, how would they think anything otherwise? So I don't really blame them. All I want to do is break the stereotype and educate them. And I can only do that by example. And it's got to, gotten to the point now where I, I sit or have sat multiple times now on SEMA educational panels. So, for example, last SEMA, I was sitting next to Bobby Alloway. Anyone who knows the hot rod world knows Bobby Alloway's name. I believe his shop is three years in advance booked to do full-blown hot rod builds. I mean, the the man is a legend. I'm sitting next to Bobby Alloway in the context of this panel, his equal, as a representative of the sport compact culture next to a representative of the hot rod culture. Uh, that is mind-blowing. So I have this ability now. I've earned the the right to do that, and it's, it's a responsibility that I take extremely seriously. And so that's kind of how it's become where, you know, where I've been able to to get to a point where, as much as I didn't particularly want the 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 following, um, I'm like the most charismatic introvert you'll ever meet. I really stay to myself often. I don't really socialize on a grand scale, um, but but I, I said, okay, you have no choice. People are following you. People pay attention to you. So the whole with great power comes great responsibility, and I just embraced it and said, I didn't. I really did not want that or ask for it, but it's here. It exists. And instead of being the apathetic megastar reality TV person that is pretty much leading the youth of America or the world into the gutter, whether on purpose or because they decide, I'm just going to be me. I don't care if the world watches, which is ironic that they're making money having a reality show, but they say they don't care. Yeah. But you're making money off of it. It's a whole other conversation. But they're doing it. I said, I cannot be like that. I, I – you cannot choose to turn off your behavior and turn it on for money, but then say you don't care what people think, which is a flat-out lie. So uh, I just decided, okay, you know, people follow you, and you have the ability to influence them negatively or positively. So positively
0: it is, and that's the basis for everything that I do. Sure, it fits in well with your project,
1: right? I I, I would like to think so. Thank you.
0: But speaking of that, also you are some people, as you mentioned and alluded to, your neighbor who found out you were on television. Yeah. How was it making that transition from going from the print to the big TV screens? That you don't actually own a TV.
1: Right. So yeah, I I well, I do own a physical television device, but it is not connected to anything that transmits television signal. Uh, I cannot uh, I cannot watch TV, and I refuse to have a smart TV. Speaking of that, I actually do not keep an internet connection at home because you're on your phone potentially all day on and off, all day long, all day long, which is the internet. If I had it at home with probably an even faster connection, right, where you can have multiple windows uh-huh. open and watch more videos and 4K, blah, 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 I said, you know what? Home is where serenity needs to be, where you can calm yourself. So of I Because do... you've
0: obviously, you're just planning for your next high T outing.
1: Right. Right, right. Uh too bad it's not the same here. You pour some tea in, in a little cup and do it here in the US. It's just not quite the same thing. Uh but uh yeah, so um I just don't. I, I let home be where you calm your mind. I'll try to read a book, you know, made out of paper, uh, rather than even a digital e book. Um so the transition to T V, um I I went into it. Without even really knowing how that all works, on purpose, because I just wanted to be myself and do what I do, and uh, I learned that that's not how that world works. Who um, would have thought that? Yeah, <laughs> that's not. It's not about. It's not. It's. It's about far more than just building an amazing car. Sure. But you yeah. have to chalk it up to experience. Um, I don't particularly like uh, what people would define as fame. Um, I enjoy. People's positivity. I enjoy people wanting to take a moment to wave from a distance, all the way to put their arm around my shoulder and take a photo with me. It's it's a humbling moment and and a compliment of the highest form, and I appreciate it. Um, But you know, television is a thing where it puts you to a point where you almost can't really go anywhere. Um, And I mean, I'm fully aware that this is a the, the smallest piece of that world. It's definitely not. For
0: everyone, and no, uh, it's fair. That's why I try and hide behind a microphone. I find it much easier to do that. Uh,
1: in the, in the bubble of the uh, import automotive world, the Japanese culture, uh, uh the and then you know, the, the shows and meets and types of things that exist, it's always kind of been like that, at least in the last five, seven, ten years. But uh, for it to be anyone, anywhere, um, the airport, the grocery store, I, I've been in the gym on the treadmill with earphones in, and they will stop you. And say, hey, are you Big Mike? I saw you on TV or I saw you on a commercial. Oh, uh, United Airlines and Discovery had a deal. So I think mid-February to end of March or you know, six, eight weeks or something, they had the first episode of that Dotson build on yep. Discovery on as on part flight. of the in-flight entertainment on every United Airlines flight. So for those who didn't opt to buy a movie, which is the majority of people – it's just there you know 30 40 minutes into the flight and i came on apparently for months you know and i was just that did it before the episodes aired on monday night so it was already kind of the point where i was just in random places and people were borderline accosting me and uh and i was just like i i was not prepared for this you know i much rather be behind the camera than in front of it be behind a microphone than in front of it but um i just sort of have accepted that it's a thing yeah, and it's going to be a thing Um and I need to find a balance with it and that's
0: what I'm trying to do and so aside from now after the fact trying to get the balance with it and what on this newfound where someone might want to talk to you while you're running your 12 miles uphill in a 12% gradient in the treadmill mm-hmm how was... in a sweatsuit backwards of course i mean that's the, in high heels that's the only way you do it right
1: <laughs> whoa 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 i don't do the high heels part
0: you go do to the platforms no I know, i'm talking no. 70s platforms here mm. mike i'm just like three no, at no. the front four at the back straight down
1: it, it would be helpful for my height but
0: no none no. of that well, you should try it next time on the treadmill it's good for that 12 percent grade especially <laughs> when you're going backwards um but how was the actual filming of the show and how was it working with uh, the team over at uh... Oh okay for television um it was
1: it's a learning experience mm-hmm. um like I said I went into it So a... I'm going
0: to assume it's very different than you actually building your own car yourself than working on a reality TV show
1: Yes absolutely I mean that that uh that shop is is more of a television set than a shop and uh you have a, a variety of personalities so anytime you put you know a a variety of male personalities in a confined space There's going to be some type of effect of just human nature. Like I said, I went into it uh, very humbled and excited and honored. um, And I went into it uh, focused on the design and building of the car. That was the focal point. Uh, It took me probably a little too long into the process to realize that that was – I was the only person with that specific focal point. So – the car came out amazing, and that is really what matters.
0: Yeah, I've seen the car at SEMA, and in your booth, it was a very lovely car.
1: Okay, so you saw it in person as well at SEMA. Yeah, okay, yes. fantastic car. Looks um, real,
0: the color was real good.
1: The, 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 in the context of the of the learning process, of the time crunch, of the personalities, and all that kind of stuff, the car was amazing. Uh, I do not regret in any way, shape, or form the experience. It was a learning experience. Um, it just helped me grow as a person, and if and when I do something of that nature, again, I'll I'll be more aware of how to interact with people and how to perform in that environment. So, um, you know, I am appreciative to Richard Rawlings and the Discovery suits, if you will, for uh, having me. I, I was discovered, pun intended, by Discovery execs um, at SEMA. So I owe a lot to SEMA in that regard. Um
0: they, Were they sitting in on that patent panel, is that what happened and they no,
1: it? so in two thousand and sixteen, when my personal car was in the Battle of the Builders, when it made it to the next level and then the final the, level for the, the twelve
0: cars well top, top ten
1: so back then they right. did it in top ten
0: yeah.
1: um so you had x amount two hundred you know fifty three hundred however many uh competed, it goes down to uh, top twenty one so you have top seven from each subcategory and then down to top ten as you get to the top ten at that point. It is then up to the, the 10 within themselves to judge each other. So the, the, the official judges that got it down to 10 are excused mm-hmm. and they, we judge each other. But when, once you get to that point, Velocity Network or Channel uh, covers SEMA and the Battle of the Builders, which is Velocity's under the Discovery umbrella. So Discovery had a booth or, or a setup there. They were present and they saw me there and uh, felt inclined to, to call me over to converse with them. And that's essentially how it started. They liked the fact that I was a, a privateer. Um, they kind of didn't really comprehend that I don't sell the cars because I guess they presumed I had done many. But I said, no, this is my personal car. I'm not a shop. Um, I'm just me. And I decided that what I had in my head here for this build was was I felt something that could stand its ground against I don't know what you know you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah. But the the Battle of the Builders is something prestigious and uh I said okay.
0: And it's it's a very succinct I mean when it gets down to that list of 10 I mean their names are very very people that are like Oh yes,
1: world renowned. Yeah. The best of the best, especially in the hot rod category, it is the most Profoundly difficult category to put cars up against each other. I mean mm-hmm. these are the greatest things on planet Earth. I mean absolute works of art. Just mm-hmm. ridiculous. I've laid underneath Mother Shine Award winners, uh, Riddler Grade 8 winners. I've laid underneath them and studied them with someone uh, who built it or maybe the fabricator or the painter or one of the uh, the judges. And and I've just – I mean you could spend 20, 30 minutes just underneath. Yeah. Just staring at the symmetry of the beading, the, the 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 geometry, how they relocated and then something. Then, if you're
0: laying under there with another man, obviously you're comfortable at that point to do it like the photo. But then they explain everything to you, and then you can lay in there at least another thirty, forty minutes.
1: The laying underneath the car with a man part is not the focal point here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, man. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's just it's just. It is an understatement to call them works of art. Yeah, absolute. It just it is. It's it's been the most amazing thing to be able to get up close and personal with these types of builds from, you know, the likes of the Roadster Shop, Ring Brothers, Goolsby Customs. You name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these are names that are recurring in in SEMA. So there, the car. I was on stage, and then when they spoke with me and pulled me to the side and spoke with me, and they realized that I'm a privateer, no shop. It's not about selling a car i think that's what kind of like brought it all together and so we conversed and they were the ones that said uh there's a show called fast and loud a gentleman by the name of richard rawlings are you familiar and i said i am and i said um you know why don't why don't we talk about doing something and so i'm appreciative for them i'm appreciative to richard rawlings for having me uh, at gas monkey and having the opportunity to design and build that car with them like i said um I care about how the car turned out, and it's fantastic. And uh, I, I care about um, being able to represent the import car culture, Japanese car building, to the rest of the world, which the people who watch that show, 99.9% of them, not don't, them. do not care yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And at the very least, they watched it and said wow, okay, At le- even though they still might leave watching, not caring about the car, they're going to realize that there is a person, in that context, I ha- it, it was the honor of being myself, that, that when they build these things, there's, uh, there's lineage and history and, and, and execution and details that matter. It isn't about making it as low and as wide and as loud as possible. So I believe that I whittled away or full-blown cracked The stereotype to that side of the world, which is the majority. The import culture is the minority of Mm -hmm. the automotive culture. And so in that regard, it was um, a success, and I'm grateful for that opportunity and would very much do it again
0: um, in the future. So that means you're happy to leave Southern California for Dallas at any given time right now?
1: No. No. I love Southern California, but if I needed to go back to do something like that, it would be an honor and a pleasure. But, um, there's, so you'd
0: rather take the tacos and the queso? Is
1: that what you're saying kind of thing? Uh, if you see my waistline, I don't need very many more tacos and queso in my life. Um, but uh, yes, uh, uh, if that's where it needed to be. But there's so many other shows. There's so many other shops. There's so many other uh, avenues to be able to represent. So from SEMA panels where it's just verbal to um, – something like a television show uh there's there's options and the future is bright and i look forward to those opportunities presenting themselves
0: certainly so speaking of that then what have you got coming up or what have you got work on or which shows are you going to be heading to lately
1: well um okay so like i said southern california i grew up going to an event that started 14 years ago called the we called it the eibach meet so it's the eibach honda meet uh Eibach suspension, their headquarters are in Corona, California, and it was just a thing where uh, there was a gathering of people that started with, I don't know, a couple dozen people, and it turned into 40, 50, then 100, then 200, and 14 years later, I'm the the host of it. My friend Ryan, who started it, who works at Eibach, who hosts it there at Eibach, he, um, you know, I've been going, I think in 14 years, I've missed one of them i've gone to you know maybe one or two maximum you've got to improve
0: that ratio right we've got right. to fix, we've got to work on this you've got to go at least the 75 times to sort of bring that ratio back Right, i mean i don't depth. know how to really fix that since it's in the past no no going forwards now so this means every, every they've got to do it for at least well i'm the official host times. of it i know so, so you've got to just host it 75 more times um and then i i, I hope to averages. be alive i hope to be alive in 75 years um I don't know. I don't know. You can do it. I guess, I you, can do it. you can push it. You know, you if it. I drink
1: more water and eat some kale, I'll probably get there. Yeah, and
0: less queso, and then you're good right, to go. Right,
1: right. Uh, given that I have become, like, in that regard, an integral part of this. I mean, it is a cult-like following. Mm-hmm. This past year, Fontana Speedway, um, Auto Club Speedway, um, almost 1,200 registered cars. I don't know, 3,000 in the Spectator lot. Hondas. Only Hondas, by the way. And then— I don't know, 8,000, 10,000 people throughout the day. Only Hondas. You could grow, uh, show up in a Lamborghini, an Evo 10. You could show up in a Nissan. You need to go to the Spectator lot. It is a cult-like growth. And um, we have now four stops. So SoCal was obviously the original, but then we've done it in, in Florida. Um, in the um, uh, We use the UTI campuses, so thank you to UTI for having us there. Um, in Florida, and then we have at the Honda Heritage Center, which is part of the Honda campus where they build the NSX and various cars in Ohio, and they have their museum. So in the in the lot of the Honda Heritage Center in Marysville, we have one there, um, and uh, that's coming up. And then we have one in, for the first ever East Coast, Yeah, you know, we're going to have one in Philadelphia, and that's actually right around the corner, August 25. So four stops total. So that's one of the event series that I have the pleasure of traveling with, being a part of, and being able to interact with enthusiasts and builders alike. Um, And then I work with an event series called Tuner Evolution, which is based out of the East Coast. Their home base event actually just happened. Uh, It's from Philadelphia as well, and they do um, Florida, so Daytona Beach, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, and SoCal. So that's one series that I work with. MIMS Honda Day. So they have two events in the UK. One's at Santa Pod Raceway. One's at Rockingham Circuit. And then he has an event called Jap Performance Show, which is everything. Which, as I, la- I last talked to him about the numbers, there's a good six, 700 cars. I mean, anything Skyline, anything Sylvia, stuff that we drooled over here, it's run-of-the-mill there in the sense of this event. Just overflow. Yep. With gorgeous, gorgeous vehicles. They have all the CTRs and SIRs and EURORs and, and stuff that we don't have, wagons and, and van stuff. Just gorgeous stuff. Uh, so that's that. So he has those two Honda events, Jap Performance Show. And then he has a Honda event in Belgium, MIMS Honda, uh, Belgium edition. And so if I were to do all you of get a these… You waffles? Is that- well, I haven't been to Belgium.
0: Well, that's the reason for you to go? I'm go-
1: I'm going. So the only things I know about Belgium would mm-hmm. be uh, Belgian waffles Yep. and Belgian chocolate. Yep. And I figure those and beer, two...
0: Possibly, but you don't okay, drink. But I don't drink. But you still know about it. I
1: least. can still know about it. There but Belgian and waffles... Couples? And I want to go see them. And I want to go see them while having a Belgian waffle that's drizzled in, with, chocolate. in Belgian chocolate. Yeah. I feel like... That's going to take away from my potential of doing 75 consecutive Eibach meets in the
0: future. It depends if you're walking up on your 12 miles in the gradient. If there. I walk the castles and the yeah, grounds, I might be okay. If you swim, yeah, the motes, swim the moats. go right around, you're totally fine. I
1: should be okay. So those, those are just three event series. Um, if you count SEMA, that's four separate entities. And uh, there is an event in um, Asia that we're looking to lock down. So if you start to count all that, I mean I have – Uh, The ability to see parts of the world um, and interact and shake hands and brush shoulders with very, very well-known companies and builders and just enthusiasts, and it is a blessing that I just – I really could never have seen coming. I mean when I go out there, I don't just go for the automotive automotive event and come back. I will – Plan my work schedule so that I can enjoy the cu- countryside, the city, uh, whatever that 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 country or that state or even city down the way is known for. It's it's a. Invaluable memories are invaluable, sights and sounds and food and uh, being able to, to to be in places so it 's a, a beautiful existence, and uh, i don 't know how long it'll last, so i 'm just embracing it for what it is now and giving it one hundred and ten percent
0: and that 's the only way you can do it and so if people are wanting to track you down to see Watch you, or feel, or try and understand how you yes. embrace these things. Where can they find you online? Uh, well, and where can they find the Think Bigger project as well online? Which we say.
1: Okay, so um, the only form of social media I use presently is Instagram. So it's Instagram. Uh, the handle, is, as they call it, is at the Big Mike. So T H E B I G M I K E, the Big Mike. Um, but the Think Project dot com. Um, so thinkbiggerproject.com is what I consider to be home base. So when you go to the site, you can read the verbiage. You can then click on the videos link, and it'll give you some embedded home base videos. But the, the link to subscribe to the YouTube channel is right there. Uh, for those that want to go to YouTube directly, it's youtube.com slash bigmikeedition, B-I-G-M-I-K-E edition, E-D-I-T-I-O-N. Um, But the the Think Bigger Project site is home-based. So there's the video link, there's the shop link if you so choose, and there will also be a blog link and a podcast link, and that will just be home-based for everyone. So thinkbiggerproject.com would be the most expeditious way to kind of get a feel for everything going on with myself. Uh, I'm vlogging the various travels, the various event series. Um, Blogs are coming up just to give people the people who – Apparently there's a lot of people that don't really want to watch something. As odd as that is in in pop culture, they want to read, um, which seems kind of counterintuitive based on the way everyone's going. But there's – I think it's coming back, and that's part of the project would be to get people to read and to utilize grammar because the internet has destroyed grammar. People have somehow decided that formulating intelligible sentences is not important at all. I don't know when or how that became a thing, but it is a thing to not create a real sentence. If it is a question, that one little thing, the only thing that indicates a question is a question, just the question mark have just it's just been thrown to the side and they send it to you and how are you supposed to know it's a question? That's a whole different ball game of I just do not understand we can that. talk. Well, you could talk about that maybe on your new podcast as well. Um, it's one of the subjects. It is a recurring subject because you have a whole generation of people that want to be taken seriously but won't create an adult sentence and then get mad when people don't take them seriously. It's not to say there's anything wrong with tattoos or piercings, but if you tattoo your face and pierce it… And then walk into the bank and then ask yourself, why doesn't the bank take me seriously? It's sort of an idiotic question to ask. Now, if you're okay with how you look, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that the majority of the world does not understand you the way you understand you. And you are presenting yourself in a manner that they're not going to understand, at least initially. And then to be upset about that is sort of stupid. Um, you you you've created that predicament for yourself yes in an ideal world in a philosophically ideal world they should see right past the exterior they should be able to interpret whatever the hell english you just typed out or uh, they might just look at your credit score
0: or they might look
1: at your fico but you know in an ideal world they'll look they'll be able to understand whatever type of i don't know what acronyms you just used and emojis to take you as an adult And then decide that they want to do business with you. I have seen business emails where people are trying to send emojis and LOLs in a business email. So if you can turn off the internet lingo slang, I'm talking to my friends all day, English, and then segue to proper English to conduct yourself properly, fine. There are very few people who can do that. So why not just practice it properly? I mean people are undoing their education. All the years of education to know when to use a comma or an apostrophe or anything is just gone. And then they're mad when people don't take them seriously. So that's one of uh, 10 million things that the Think Bigger Project is hoping to uh, address and change as slowly and as you know, smoothly as possible.
0: Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure <laughs> having you on. <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me. Thank you for the honor of being here. No, thank you for making the drive out. And now the drive back that we're both going to fight in traffic. It's going to be pretty bad. Well, maybe you can listen to more of the No Breaking Podcast. I will. Because like you, some other people don't actually listen to it as much, and they don't find it. So what we need to do, Mike, is we need to get them to subscribe. Yes. They need to write a rave review. Yes, absolutely. Give at least 17, 18, 19 stars, even though you can only give five. You should write to Apple tell them they need to increase the number of stars you need to give things or make new email addresses with a new IP address and then just keep leaving five star reviews exactly that also works positive reviews yes as well write some text say yes. they're very positive and then you can also maybe see us on Facebook and uh, Instagram at No Breaking or if they want to they can even find us on the website at No Breaking dot com which is N-O-B-R-A-K-I-N-G dot com that being the case Mike thank you so much again and with all your listeners we'll Talk to you next time. I appreciate you. To everyone listening, thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.